Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy is with us in studio again today. Welcome back. Nice to have you back with us, Wendy. We're going to be revisiting the issue of recyclable packaging ahead of a couple of key dates around that issue this weekend. And then we'll go back to the issue of shrinkflation, our pet hate as consumers. And the emphasis is on the word (laughs) pet today because we're looking at what's going on in the pet food market. Um, And then I hope we'll have space for some open line calls a little bit later on in the show. If you do want to join the conversation, comment on what we're already talking about, launch a new conversation, you can call us on 021. 44605678 send an sms to 31567 or leave a voice note on 0725671567 Wendy it's always a good time to talk about being more mindful of our environmental footprint but it's a particularly good time to talk recycling this week why <laughs> indeed that's because it's a saturday is two big days it's the international coastal cleanup day as well as being national recycling day and as you know I think we both share a passion for all things recycling yeah um, but uh, very good time to be to doing talk about it today. It, yeah. yes. Just on that note of International Coastal Cleanup Day, there are beach cleanups happening everywhere uh, over the coming weekend. We are going to profile one of the big ones on the show this Friday. Um, but uh, obviously, Wendy, it takes more than just the occasional beach cleanup to deal with the scope of this problem. Of course. Uh, South Africa has over 3,000 kilometers of coastline and some of the most diverse marine environments in the world. So the issue of marine litter is a major threat to our beaches and our marine life. This study is a bit old, but it's, 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 I'm sure, even more relevant now. In 2013, a study conducted by the University of KwaZulu-Natal reported that 70%, 70% of small fish caught from the estuaries and Durban Harbour in Etiguini showed evidence of plastic litter in their gut. Wow. Um, we know a lot of the statistics we see are international ones, but that one's fairly close to home. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, seventy so percent. Okay, and you know, I'm always interested, Wendy. Every time we talk about beach pollution, I have at least one listener phoning and bemoaning how ships and fishermen must be stopped from dumping their trash at sea. So, I always like to take the time to remind everybody it's not only coming from vessels and people on the sea. In fact, eighty percent of what is ending up in the ocean, at least, is coming from the land. It's being washed out into the ocean via the stormwater drainage system and then pushed back onto the beaches where we pick it up on coastal cleanup day. Um, and uh, it's so important to emphasize that, that this is everybody's problem. Um, Wendy, I know the experts like to catalog the different types of waste that they pick up. Just remind us, which are the most sort of vexatious products they find? Okay, so it, it varies a bit, a little bit from yeah. country to country. But as far as our beaches go, the so-called dirty dozen are the following. Plastic carrier bags, even now. Yeah, still. Sure. Um, chip packets, cigarette lighters, cool drink bottles, cool drink lids, earbuds. Those things we shouldn't put in our ears. Yep. <laughs> Fishing line, light sticks, plastic uh, lollipop sticks, straws, still sold, straw, yeah. sweet wrappers, and water bottles. So there's individually wrapped sweet oh. wrappers. There's any any convenience food, really. Yeah. I was at a packaging um, awards judging thing in Joburg last week, and some of the entries were, um, there's, a, there's a sort of African category, and a lot of them were convenience, little sachets of um Coffee, for example, um, and foil because, you know, in those markets... It's what you've got to buy right now, and and it's usually you need a, a little bit of yeah. money, and they 
hang these trips from the tree branches and sell them like that. But we came across and such so clever, uh, you know, because coffee wasn't sold like that before. But then you like you've got to look at the environmental well, impact issue. of all those sachets being yeah, discarded. Yeah, because that's the kind of thing you will find on a beach. And I mean, I have done a coastal cleanup every year religiously for the last seventeen years. I think for as long as my husband's been working in the packaging industry, yes. Wendy. And those sweet wrappers, those individual sweet Terrible. wrappers, Awful. every single year. You, you, uh, they are just ubiquitous, uh, as are the earbuds, as are the lollipop sticks, as are the cool drinks. Anyone who's yeah. done a clean-up can, oh. can, can relate to this yeah. list really well. Okay, yeah. so again, to emphasize, I know, you know, some people think, not my problem, I never litter on the beach. Uh, I don't dump, dump things in the drain. But, but Wendy, that doesn't mean that we are somehow exempt any responsibility in this problem. It's about the choices we make as consumers. Exactly. Um, it's about the brands you buy, so knowing... Um, which is the right plastic, which is the wrong plastic, which is more likely to be um, recycled, informing yourself around that because companies should be manufacturing for recycling and reusing, but in many cases, the brand equity, as far as they're concerned, carries more weight than that. So I have been making this product in a a brown plastic bottle. It's synonymous with our brand and we're going to carry on. Um, Even though the brown plastic's not attractive to recyclers. Very unattractive. So it needs to get to the point because they're taking perfectly good PET, which is high value for recyclers and for the the, the legions of people who who pick up our waste from the dumps, from from our bins, from from the streets and from the beaches. Um, So, um, yeah, it's up to us as consumers in vast numbers to say, well, I'm not going to buy your product anymore. Why are you putting it in a green bottle? Yeah, why is your milk in a blue bottle all of a sudden? I'm not choosing that one anymore. Yes, no, I'm not either. It's a choice I made, personally. Absolutely, and I think many others like us have made a similar choice. So so it's knowing that, um, for example, if you're buying bottled water or cool drinks, choose the the ones in in the the brands in the clear PET um, bottles. They're the ones that get the most um, that, that that is most worthwhile for the for the reclaimers. I love that yeah, word instead of yeah. waste pickers because they're reclaiming what we've thrown away, yeah, and um, what we've made the wrong choice about. Um, choose those because they'll be more likely to pick them up. It's the same effort to pick up one that's going to get more money for them than one that's not going to fetch very much. Light blue is second best. Um, um, and the recyclers pay top dollar for for those clear and and, light, and to a lesser extent light blue, um, greens, browns, dark blues produce a sludgy coloured arpet which is recycled uh, PET known as arpet which can't be made into new bottles for example because the colour is just not clear enough and consumers just don't like it they and won't, consumers yeah, don't like yeah. it so it'll go to making pipes and that kind of thing but. But yes, um, so clear is always if you if you must buy and, and again I mean you can you can you've got to do your decisions here. Do I not buy in plastic at all? Do I buy in glass? Each different kind of packaging comes with its own particular carbon footprint issues. But if you're going to buy plastic, buy the clear PET uh, in choice over the coloured one because the the coloured ones simply get left behind on the dump in many cases because it's not worth the reclaim as well to pick them up. So I mean Wendy, they do they do a huge service for us. They they they're doing the real dirty work obviously of sifting through the. The, what's there exactly. on the landfill and in the dumpsters, etc., um, uh, and it, it comes down to how much they get paid, um, and and it's it's really all about the colour and the weight, isn't it? It is, and so to getting back to that that uh, packaging award judging panel, um, some a, a product of uh, what was um, 
put into a small sort of traveling size um, bottle yeah. and all very nice, lovely design. And the plastics ex- expert on the panel said, because they said it's recyclable, they said, well, it's not really recycled in great numbers because they're very small and they not much, you know, they were, they were rather be overlooked by a reclaimer because of the size, because they, they sell on weight, right? Yeah. And so she said what she does, and this is this is very high-grade recycling, and I'm definitely going to start doing it because there are many times where you have these small bottles, and I know they're not going to get – I mean, I put them in the stream, but I know they're not going to go. If she cuts a, slices a seam um, in the side of a two-liter Coke bottle or whatever brand of two-liter bottle you have, and um, then she p- delabels the smaller bottles and she shoves them in there with, without the caps, and then you know – that um, it's going to go, and it be, and I passed, I ran that past the the um, owner of this recycling plant that I visited this week, yeah. and he cocked his head to the side and he said, "Yeah, that will work." Okay, so, so you put the smaller bottles yes, inside the bigger bottle, make sure and they PET, that they get so it's up. all the same substrate. Okay, uh, all the same uh, kind of plastic, rather. Um, and yes, with labels, labels are a huge issue because yeah. the glue can actually cause more problem. The glue that they stuck onto the bottle with can cause more problems in many cases than than the color of the of, of the bottle itself. Of the bottle yeah. itself. So the best ones actually have labels stuck onto label, as you'll find in an Aquila bottle, for example, and that just comes off literally. You don't have to battle at all. The idea being that in um, in a recycling plant in the big tanks, they rely on friction to 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 loosen the rub label that, off, yeah? yeah, rub the label off. And if they're stuck on with really, we know the brands that leave a big residue and that are really stuck on with um, non-recycling friendly glue, that causes, if you look at the flake that comes out, you can see the bits of glue stuck to it. And okay, so, so that's a less desirable. It's, lower, it's much less desirable, yes. So there are all these issues we should looking, be looking not only at the color, but at the kind of, um, the way it's it's the, the label is glued on. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't come off really easy without residue, then um, you must know that in the recycling plant, that's going to cause problems. Okay. Now, you've mentioned that you've been to visit a new recycling plant this week, uh, Wendy. This is a very interesting story. It gets us back to a conversation we've had before about the thermoforms, thermoform, yes. those punnets that come with with fruit, with the pre-chopped fruit and your sushi platters and that the, sort of the thing. The dome over your sushi yes. platter, the d- salad bowls, and the, mostly the fruits and the veg. Okay. So your little punnet of blueberries and your... Whatever, and I can hear people listening saying, well, you shouldn't be buying it loose, you shouldn't be having it. <laughs> and, it's, and that's also true. But yep. the reality is a large qu- volume of these things, they're called thermoforms. Okay. And um, they're PET, but the problem is that in order to get, obviously to transport them, they can't be transported all individually, so they get stacked. And in order for them to be unstacked, to pack, yeah. um, they, they, they spray a, a plier layer of silicone. Um, and that silicone... Um, can cause issues in the in, a in recycling, the recycling plant. system. So you're, many ah. of them won't, especially those that are making bottles, will not recycle them. And Woolworths has actually declared it for for quite a number of years now on those packs, say do not recycle, which has led many people to assume in the cases of the the thermoform punnets that don't have that on that they are recyclable and it's not true. Well, this just chose to be to be upfront and transparent about it, which has led, led in their case to some unfortunate um, uh, what's the word? Assumptions. Assumptions. The okay. So the, the plant that you visited this week is actually a new partnership plant with Woolworths that's designed to tackle this issue of the thermoforms not being recyclable. Tell it's, us, amongst other things. Amongst other yeah. things. So it's a new PET wash and decontamination plant. Decontamination the decontamination part being 
to enable them to recycle it or to produce another um, food grade product, another so planet. Okay, so, so they'll they wash make, out that silicon. Yeah. Zebo okay. Containers is the company. They make containers, right? Okay. So they don't have to have PET or PET suitable for bottles. They, it's fine for it to go into containers. Um, the, and it's about to, to uh, just been commissioned. The day I visited, unfortunately, they had some technicians out from Germany to um, configure the sorters. In other words, what they want to spit the what spit kinds of plastic yes. they want to spit out and, and keep kind of thing. So I didn't see it in action, unfortunately, because I do love a plant visit. <laughs> but the upshot is that in the case of Woolworths specifically, about a thousand of its food packaging items, these thermoforms, will, can now be recycled into food-grade pellets and then made into new comp- uh, containers, which is okay. huge for ardent recyclers such as you and me. Um, Woolworths says it's particularly exciting um, for us to get this additional thousand um, what they call semi-rigid PET thermoform food packaging into recycling um, uh, and it's it's a, it's circularity at its best so this is where recycling is going that you put it out and you bring it back and you keep Use it again and again, again, as, again as often again. as you yeah. can eventually it will become too brittle but it's after many Many, many, many uses. Many, yeah. yeah, many, many turns in and out of the chain. Okay. The other interesting thing they've done is change the glue. Wendy, you re- you yes. mentioned already that yes. issue of how the very, very sticky glue makes it uh, very difficult to recycle because the flake that's left at the end still has glue residue on it. Woolies has actually changed to an easy wash-off glue, they I believe. Did, um, uh, in the last year, I think it was, its, it's uh, brand name is, is um, Clean Flake, but it's, it's essentially an easy wash-off glue that ensure that there's no residue left on those recycled pellets. Um, which can compromise the recycled plastic um, and they can use it then in far, many, far more things. Um, so, so in case of a bottle, a bottle could be then um, remade into a bottle rather than it being downgraded into, into other users. Okay. Now, it, it was inevitable that somebody would message us, Wendy, to say it's Tracy saying, I bought those preformed tubs at Woolies yesterday and they're still saying that they're oh, not for recycling. Well, thank you for that question, yes. um, Tracy, because um, Woolworths did mention that um that is uh, it is um historic uh, packaging they don't want to so it's always a a bit of a um a toss up with these issues they didn't want to waste the packaging that they already have so they're running it out but the message is from now certainly you can put those thermoforms that you've bought from Woolies into them the the recycling um Okay, so even if the label says it's not recyclable, they do, as of now, have the capacity to recycle it because of this new relationship with the new plant. Okay, thank you for that. So that's very interesting. Uh, Zebo is the name, Zebo Container is the name of the new plant um, that they're in in partnership with. And where do you, I mean, what about the the changeover process? I mean, I I imagine there will be a while while the old stock is phased out, new stock phased in. Is there any issue there? No, so it's it's just a labeling issue. So currently they've cleaned... They've got the, the the right glue, and they they can go to a plant where they can be recycled. It's just that the labelling, ironically, says it can't be recycled. But it, it actually is. can. The okay. question that I wanted to know was, well, you know, um, we don't have a direct line from our kitchen to to um, zebra containers. What about other um, and other punnets, other um, thermoforms? Okay, that are yep. not from all. I mean, they're sold by all supermarkets in yep. great quantities. Will that not? They might not have. The same glue. I mean, the owner of Zebra Container said to me that you know that they love to put this kind of quite um, heavy-duty solvent, slap it all over the thermoform, which yeah. makes it a problem. So he said, "Well, if up to 
50% of the punnets that they feed into their system have the right label. In other words, the, the, the one, the easy, the easy wash, wash off cleaning, one. Yeah. It shouldn't be a problem. He said, no, so far no punnets have actually been rejected by their new system. And obviously it's calibrated and everything else. Um, and also to say that um, the biggest recyclable is still going to be your PET bottle. So... The, the the punnets are never going to make up 100% of what, they, uh, what they're recycling. On, yeah. He's working on what well, they anticipate, nine kilograms of bottles to one kilogram of thermoform. So it's a nine to one okay. as far as volume goes. Um, so, yeah, but I just, I've, it's hurt me um, for, for many years, and I've spoken about it often, to throw those, what was once perfectly good PET, just the because bin, of yeah. a bit of silicone, to throw them in the, in the black bag instead of the recycling one. Yeah. Um, so I think this is quite a, uh, a big deal. I think many people have assumed that they're recyclable and have been putting them in the recycled bag anyway. And anyway, they've been yeah. landing up in landfall. I did see a, a, um, a bag of them at Zebra Containers and you could see that they'd come off landfill, that the collectors are actually taking them out of landfill because they were dirty. But obviously, if you could see the size of, of, these, of this machinery, it is a... Um, a decontamination plant, so yeah. it gets washed, washed, and washed again, and hmm. several times. And otherwise, it wouldn't be, f- you know, food grade. At the end um, of it, Wendy. I mean, the, the main thing we want to do with this kind of ongoing conversation is to conscientize listeners about the choices that you're making and the factors that play into what's get what gets recycled and what doesn't. So I'm really gratified to see how many people are clearly thinking about it and questioning individual products. And for example, um, uh, I think it's Dom messaging to say Woolworths heavy plastic soup packets are still not recyclable. Surely they could put those in something else. Another person pointing out that things like oil bottles and mayonnaise are terrible not Terrible because not the recycled. oil residues are yeah. terrible for the recycling. So that's something to be aware yeah. of. That industry yeah. needs to, to, to come to, to, to the come party. Up with, a, with a solution. Yes. And Andy messaging to say, I'm still puzzled why Checkers has reverted back to using plastic bags in their bakeries rather than the, pa- the paper ones that Pick and Pay and Woolies use. I think I get Any an ideas? answer. I'm going to try and, and look it up while we chatting okay just the last thing i wanted to say was um that it was so interesting sitting in this boardroom at the recycling plant yesterday looking at um what the um punnets that they've made from 100 percent pit going down to say 30 percent yeah the difference in color um and so even at uh, you know a little bit even at 20 30 percent the color it's not as clear and um consumer perception is not good around this. Yeah, we, we don't want our food to come in punnets that are have got a slight, even if it's subconscious in some cases. I think that are slightly brown, especially not brown, yeah, or a little bit blue. And so you have the the, the supermarkets and the brands sort of pushing back and saying, mm, I don't know if consumer if acceptance that. will mm. be. Sometimes I think that they just assume things on behalf of us that maybe wouldn't come to pass. But but this is the issue. So those of us who are saying pushing recycling, recycling, we could be the same people who have a look at a planet that's got a great a brown tinge and think eh, oh, I don't, want, I don't, want, I don't yeah. want it to know it's important to know this it's it's just color it's got nothing to do with integrity quality or of safety the packaging. or quality yeah. or anything and also I had thought 100% RPET was the way to go and some manufacturers have won awards for, for, for putting their products in it and um, zebra containers the chaps there say not so much because um, there's a shortage of the stuff and if and if he says 30 to 40 percent around there is ideal because it's saving a lot of virgin um, PET yep. and at the same time making sure there's enough of the stuff to go around and that would have a bigger um, impact um, than 
if more people started recycling yes, and also, to a degree rather than some doing it to the nth degree and some others doing it not at all. Yeah, and he said also okay. at 100%, in some cases, like a punnet, it, it starts becoming a little brittle and can and, and can sort of shatter, for want of a better word, yeah. big cracks. I, I just learned so much. And I also questioned some of my own perceptions mm. um, and how valid they were and totally invalid as it turns out so interesting yeah. Wendy thanks for some very interesting observations I'd love to hear more from listeners about uh, you know how conscious you are of this issue do, do, do you deliberately shop or buy, buy particular brands because of the packaging being recycling versus a competitive brand that might be a better quality but isn't in recyclable packaging I'd love to hear more of your thoughts pop us a voice note to 0725671567 uh, Wendy before we leave the, the uh, yes. recycling issue Andy sent that very uh, pertinent email asking about the checkers plastic bags at the bakery you've actually engaged with them already I about have this. and my apologies Andy if you're listening and you asked me this some time ago I did get the response from um, ShopRite but I clearly neglected to share it with you so here it is um, ShopRite says our supermarkets use a selection of packaging including brown paper craft bags and plastic bags currently as part of our commitment to support a circular economy there's that word we're going to be hearing yeah. over and over the group is constantly designing redesigning its packaging with sustainability in mind. It has committed to ensure that 100% of its own brand packaging is reusable, recyclable and compostable and that it contains on average 30% recycled material by 2025. That's very soon. And there's the 30% number coming up again yeah. good progress has been made already says ShopRite transitioning transitioning key packaging categories including all paper and carton board packaging used at store in-store delis bakeries and fresh fish sections are now 100% responsibly sourced private label Crystal Valley fresh milk bottle cap color has been changed from blue and red to white which enables recyclers to eliminate downcycling into darker darker cap colors uh, like black, it's again that theme coming through. Yep, you always choose yep. the, uh, the lighter ones. In the next two months, un- so it should be now, unrecycled PET thermoform plastic sandwich punnets will be replaced with a craft carton sandwich wedge, which has a small window for easy removal before recycling. So there's, instead of um, finding a recycling solution, they're just replacing the thermoforms there with a craft carton sandwich wedge. So there's clearly a very um, deep uh, um, concern on on the, on on the, the consumer part, of, uh, yeah, on on the thermoform things that have been going to landfill. In addition, the con- com- the group currently recycles the following volumes of material per hour through its reverse logistics operations. Uh, it's a it's it's a lot. Let's just leave it there. The numbers are not going to mean anything to our listeners, but yeah. let's just say it's a lot. Um, so the, just to get back, it's a lot of information. The original question was um, why um, plastic are, bags are, in the bakery? Plastic yeah. bags in the bakery instead of the switch from paper bags. They're saying it's part of their whole story, but I'm I'm not sure that that specifically will address. Um, the, the, the specific question of those bags because still being used. Because those, yeah. those flimsy, um, non-rigid plastic bags are not recycled. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the use of the barrier bag everywhere also. Um, I know it's it's got its place very importantly for some customers who rely on that depending on how they're transporting their groceries, etc. It has its its place that I, I don't want to disregard. But again, if the customer refuses it, Wendy, I mean, I just say I don't want it. They don't. Um, and then you don't yeah, get it. Yeah, just put, put – I don't put need the two oranges bag. in a barrier bag. Put yes. them into my, sh- my, my shopping bag I bought with me, my fabric shopping yes. bag. I'll take it home in that. Um, so, so start telling them you don't want it, uh, which clearly Andy is already doing. Andy, thanks for that. We've got a couple of voice notes from listeners on this topic. Let's take a listen. 
Hi ladies and thank you so much for this great, great, great topic. I am what my sisters refer to as a super greenie, like you. I recycle everything that I possibly can and I choose not to buy things. Even if I love them, I choose not to buy them if the packaging is not recyclable. For example, Woolworths does this amazing Turkish delight uh, covered in chocolate, but the little um, sweets are wrapped in a foil, plasticky foil thing, and then in another plasticky foil bag. So there's two different types of packaging. So that's really something that Woolworths could look at as well. They still can minimize on their packaging. I would rather have my chocolate broken than have it wrapped in too many uh, different layers of packaging. I shop at the Oranisak City Farmer Market every Saturday morning um, because I can buy things there that are not wrapped in plastic. Uh, fruit, veg, if you know, if I want a sweet treat, I can also buy it from the person who's made it and not in packaging. Um, this has been super important for me over the last couple of years, five years, to just be very conscious about what I actually buy so that I don't have to worry about recycling it um, I have a question. I like to rinse out things before I put them into my recycling. Just a quick rinse. And my husband says I'm just wasting water because when they go to the recycling plant, everything gets um, washed. So um, can you tell me whether I should be rinsing things, especially uh, jars of something that might have had something slightly oily in it, perhaps like, you know, like a pickled vegetable or something like that. Should I just be putting them into the recycling dirty or should I be washing them? Thank you. I'm so glad you asked that question. So I have this debate at home as well. I put the, the mayonnaise jars, the peanut butter joys, et cetera, in with the dishwasher, Wendy, so that gets run, it, they come out absolutely no, sparkling extra clear. Cost um, water. And I often wonder, does it matter? Yeah, it so does I know matter. I've cleaned it. Are but they still going to reject it? If you've visited a plant, you'll know it definitely does matter. That stuff stinks. And also it's just less strain on the system if it's washed. And I, I'm so glad that our super greeny listener did send that, that voice note because yeah. I neglected to say, uh, on Wilbur's behalf, please do rinse those punnets before. Uh-huh. And there are ways to do it that doesn't take extra water. You could, um, if you've got washing up liquid, rinse it out. It doesn't have to be pristine. Just get most of it out that way. Stick it in a, a dishwash load that you, it's not, you know, you're doing anyway, um, which I've read some recent research on is really, really very uh, is very light on resources. Um, yes. dish, the, the newer dishwashers. Uh, I'd always had this perception that they were, you know, in the heavy tumble on water, dryer heavy on category yeah. of, of of use, but definitely not. So yes, the answer is whatever it is. If you can r- rinse it in grey water or in a, in a dishwasher load that you're doing anyway, please do that. That is definitely what the recyclers would appreciate. And everyone in the stream, even the pickers, imagine. The oh, imagine for, yeah, having yeah. to pick up three-day-old you know, three yeah. food attached to the inside yeah. of it. It's it's not a job anybody wants to do. A couple more voice notes, Obi. Hi, Pippa. Um, I converted my company to using a retail shop to using paper bags. And guess what? They all arrived wrapped in plastic. Thank you, Chris Somerset West. Hi, Pepper and Wendy. Um, checkers and plastic bags was mentioned a, a short while ago. Um, they use brown paper yet bags for all of their checkers 6060 deliveries. Yeah. Um, if you go into any checkers or stand outside for a few minutes, you'll notice bags and bags, trolleys full of brown paper bags going out. Um, 
all the time. Uh, it's even probably safe to say that they have more Checker 6060 deliveries um, going out than actual shoppers in the stores. Those shoppers do not have the option of using a brown paper bag. You can't ask for a, you're not allowed to use a brown paper bag unless you buy one, one of the bags for life. But we know that that's not always a good option either. We've seen what happened. We've heard what happened with Willie's um, um, black bags that they are even taking them back in because there's such a, a glut of them. If the biggest, one of the biggest retailers in the country, Checkers, have surely by now, now shown that brown paper bags are a workable option, why do we still, why do they still use plastic bags for their shopping? We'd love to know from them. That's an excellent question. I will ask them, yeah. something that comes to mind is that they're not really carrier bags. You've got to, as someone that uses 6060 a lot, you've yeah. pretty much got it. They're not easy to carry. You literally, you only have a short distance, mm. but. From the gate they into your kitchen. To yeah. design one with proper handles like the plastic bags have is. Is more of a challenge. Be, I don't know, although. So you see, when you so many components, so I definitely will ask them. I'm yeah. trying to think if I, if I. I just think if they if they they don't put a barrier bag with fresh produce into those brown bags. I I have had barrier bags arrive inside the brown bags with okay. my sixty sixty. It's it's how I do most of my household shopping now. And I'm, all, I'm almost um, there as well. Uh, I have uh, meat still goes inside a barrier bag. It's um, true, it does. And uh, yes, it the, does. the milk and dairy does, and some of the household products I think it's as well. Did you note that? Um, they, the, the guys that deliver your stuff will accept. They encourage you to give them back. Okay, I yeah. wait till I've got five or six and then I hand them over. Hand them I always feel a bit sad if they're on a motorbike instead of in a little car because it must take up a bit of space that they weren't <laughs> expecting. But anyway, okay. yes, we could talk about this for the next hour okay. for sure. Okay, well, just another note from, from a, a listener saying, please, when you next engage with Clicks and Discam Wendy, ask them to get rid of all the cable ties they use when you collect your prescription oh, because those don't that. get recycled once they come off at payment. It's a, I mean, I know it's obviously it's an anti-theft measure, Wendy. They're making sure that uh, the, the prescription is intact with the person who it belongs to to make its way yes. to the front. So there's a reason they're there. But, yeah, that's distressing if those aren't being recycled because that's uh, well, there are a lot of them. Well, they wouldn't be because they're yeah. small, so small and light. It's the yeah, kind of thing not that would never – it definitely won't. Unless okay. you put a 1,000 of them into a Coke bottle, I suppose. Speaking of putting things in Coke bottles, another listener saying, we use our Cool Drink bottles to make eco bricks. At least none of those little wrappers will end up in a landfill from us. There was a wonderful story actually that crossed my desk this week of uh, a new um, early childhood centre built entirely out of yes, eco bricks um, which is wonderful to see and I'm hoping to get somebody from that uh, uh, that project onto the show in the coming weeks to talk about what they've done there Cape Talk Consumer Talk Email Wendy on consumer at nola.co.za Right. Um, okay. Let, let's tackle the shrinkflation, and then we'll come back to okay. some of the uh, additional messages it's around around recycling because it is still a packaging story. Yeah. Yes. It's. Uh, I, I use the term a pet hate very deliberately this time because <laughs> when Wendy <laughs> talks one. about shrinkflation, she means when brands quietly reduce the volume of the product they're selling without reducing the price and without pointing out that they're reducing the volume. They hope that the buyer won't notice, and it's been everything from the chocolate bars to the condensed milk to the cans of Coke to the the soap bars that suddenly have a little ding in the bottom to tomato sauce it's everywhere wendy and now it's hit the pet food market it has and not for the first time so (laughs) what they do is essentially is instead of transparently putting up the price of an of an existing pack um so that we can all see what's going on they take the 
time and trouble and money to repackage it in a slightly smaller pack in the hope that we don't notice. Yeah. Of course, most of us do, but they persist in this vile sneakiness, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> in the name of making their products, quote, more affordable. More, which people, consumers interpret that as being cheaper. It just means you You're getting, getting less, less for the same price. For the same yeah, price. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I've been on about this for years. Um, I think I would be much happier if they were required by law when they did that to put on the front of the pack now in smallest pack size. Yeah. So that yeah. we actually that would be properly is, transparent. Is because yeah. people assume that the the packs look similar size across competing brands and so they look compare prices only, which is really not the way to go about it because of shrinkflation. Yeah. And they go for the cheapest, but it actually could be a competitor that actually hasn't shrunk their pack yet, and yeah. which is why they all follow suit. And so we're having this mini-me thing happening. Whittling away. I always notice it in baking, Wendy, because if you need exactly. 100 condensed grams of chocolate or, or chocolate. 400 grams of condensed milk for the recipe, and all of a sudden it's 380 grams, and the 100 gram chocolate so is 80 grams. So many bakers are irritated yeah. by that. Um, the, oh. the chocolate slabs and the condensed milk in particular. Okay, so to get uh, to specifically to what's happened with pet food and this cat food sachet in particular. And it was sparked by an email we recently received from Greg Linderbaum. He wrote, some years ago when one bought cat food pouches, they were 100 grams each. I remember this. Then the industry changed to 85 grams. That is only 15 grams difference, but 15%. I recently bought a box of 20 Catmore sachets marked as a special. When I opened the box, I saw that the sachets were only 70 grams. That's another 15 grams. Now, as a percentage of 85 grams, that is a 17.6% decrease. decrease. So, we need to be fair, Greg concedes that when he looked at the box, it was labeled yes. 20 by yes. 70 gram sachet. So, he wasn't directly duped they weren't claiming that it was still 80 grams they were disclosing what was inside the box but his Which feeling is, was that it was ethically questionable yes because, and that's why yeah. i'm saying i think we we consumers should be protected by legislation where they have to say when they do it now no, in smaller, smaller packs size, size or whatever if yeah they, if, uh, if the authorities are really out to protect us they would make them do that when the odd occasion they make something bigger they certainly shot that on the new yes, packaging extra, extra 30 big, grams free exactly, or whatever yeah exactly so i mean and the issue here is not just about what what is right and morally correct and, and Greg was going the 70 gram sachet is not enough to feed my cat what I thought I was feeding my cat um, uh, as you've said though Wendy when one manufacturer does it usually the rest follow suit straight away exactly and I'll never forget when the pack sizes apparently about 12 years ago um, I wasn't sure when they reduced it from 100 grams and I got a lot of complaints I took it up with one of the manufacturers I can't honestly remember one which one and I've lost the email with various crashes but I'll never forget the response was We've reformulated the food to ensure that the cats are fuller on the smaller amount. And I thought, yeah, oh, right. They know the we can't one. ask the cats. Yeah. You know. oh, anyway, so now. Um, okay, you did engage with cat I more. Did. What did they tell you? Okay, but it's part of RCL Foods. Virginia Horsley, who's their corporate comms manager, said Catmore has been produced in 85 gram pouches for more than 12 years. That's how no However, in light of rising inflation and input costs and in an effort to maintain, here's that word, an affordable price point for consumers, Catmore reduced the pack size from 85 grams to 70 grams in July. It obviously takes a while for these things to, to filter through, through the shelf. Yeah. This is a similar approach adopted by many top brands to cushion consumers from increasing input costs. Mm. Hmm. So it only cautions you if you're going to consume less, and who does that, really? Yeah. Okay. Wet food is generally intended to be 
fed in combination with dry cat food and the size of the cat food pouch caters for this approach. It's important to note, says RCL, that if for some reason a cat is being fed wet food exclusively, the minimum amount that constitutes a complete meal is about 190 grams. No wet cat food manufacturers claim that one pouch or serving constitutes a complete meal. Should a cat be exclusively fed cat more sachets, our packaging recommends that three pouches constitute a complete meal. I think, so I'm saying, I think it's fair to, to say that that would come as a surprise to many cat owners. And where does this end? Next time they want to make it more affordable, does it become 50 grams a sachet, which is half of what they used to be 12, 12 years, years ago? ago. Yeah. And then what do you open two sachet? I mean, it should be a meal's size. I, I mean, I'm thinking. Look, I've never had a cat and had to feed a cat, but where you're sitting here going, knowing what I know about cats, I can't imagine too many cats being tolerant of waiting for you to open three pouches <laughs> to deliver lunch on time before they give you the cold oh, show over the next week. It's, it's so yeah. interesting. Um, okay, I wonder if other cat owners have noticed the reduction in size. So, okay, so Greg bought the bought what he thought was the same product he usually buys uh, without reading the box too closely and realised... He's special. He's, yeah, he's quite a, as many people would do. He's a very yeah. active consumer, so he was, he was irritated with himself for not checking. For not checking. I wonder if others had noticed that difference, though. And have you adjusted the, the, how you're buying, the brands you're buying? Are you switching to another brand that still has the biggest size offering? Or are you listening maybe to this in horror, realizing you've been feeding your pet less than you thought you had been because you didn't for all check. these weeks? I think in a, something like uh, un, uh, you know cat food, uh, now in smaller pack, would certainly be a very um, helpful user-friendly Guide advice for a consumer. Yeah. Yeah. Wendy, just before we let this go, um, you, you wanted to highlight something else around pet food packaging, which is quite uh, quite important, which is what's actually inside the packet. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> pet food labels are full of really meaty words and images because dogs and cats are carnivorous, right? But the meal, the meat content itself in these uh, packs of of dry food and, 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 and to some extent the sachets as well, is actually quite minimal. So if you see, and each um, description on the pack actually has a, a legislated meaning. meaning. Okay. So with beef flavor means up to 4% beef. That's in other words, less than 4% sure. or less. Okay. With beef is at least 4% beef and high or rich in or with extra beef, chicken, whatever it is, is at least 14% beef. So just to be cognizant Oof. of that, so w- the w- with whatever flavor is the is, is really it's just a know, little fillers and not, of know, beef stock little, powder little, on little, top, little, yeah. Little um, tease of it, and then with beef is uh, um, up to four percent, and then high in or with extra, um, at least fourteen percent. Goodness. Wendy, while we're on pet food packaging, um, um, okay, let's do the pet food one, then we'll come back to the shrinkflation comment. The question in from, uh, let me just find the, there we go, Barbara in Somerset West, wondering, are the plastic bags that I put my pet food in recyclable? For example, the Hills dog and cat pellets. Do you know if that particular, it's a very thick plastic, if I remember correctly, and quite a sort of shiny a one. Do you know if it's recyclable? A lot of them have foil, recyclable? so that could definitely mm. not. Um, it's a very good question. You would have to look on the on the pack. It will tell you in the recycling logo. It will give you the number, and you can Google that and see what kind of plastic it is. Um, it's definitely not PET. So it would have to be a, another form, polyprop or something like that, and it's okay. easy to find out online whether that's um, 
recyclable. But Bearing but in mind that recyclable and being recycled in this country are not the same yeah. thing at all. Okay, so Barbara, you need to start by actually reading the labelling on the pa- on the packaging itself and then investigate um, whether that particular component is indeed recyclable or not. Okay, on shrinkflation, Debbie saying, nothing upsets me more. I feel I'm cheated by nefarious shrinkage in packaging. All of the retailers are guilty. My favourite kitchen surface cleaner... Not they- retailers, manufacturers. Okay, so the comment is, my favourite kitchen surface cleaner from Woolies also changed their packaging. The old bottle was 750 mil. The new spray bottle is 500 mil wow. and more pricey. I feel cheated mm. twice yeah. is the comment. <laughs> yes. Somebody else saying Catmore's dry pellets have also done this. Two kilograms uh, on our 1.8 kilograms. The go. pack looks the same and the price is the same. And then Justice saying pick and pay include in very small print a cost per unit of different products. And I use this to compare yes. pricing uh, of competing brands. All of the retailers do that very if you good. look closely not on the shelf. Don't so they? not Woolworths and not Spa. Um, thank you for that comment. I mean to say it. Unit pricing is your friend in a world of, sh- of shrinkflation. I, so I really thought I'd seen it at Woolies. Okay, I know checkers definitely do very, as well as pick and pay. Checkers, do they do it per 100 grams? Pick and pay do, does it per kilogram, but the point is it's a unit price you can compare across. Um, also, so you, it can help you. Sometimes yeah. you might see a bulk pack on special, but if you compare the unit price, the smaller, more convenient pack is actually works out cheaper. So that's yeah. another reason to do it. But um, Spa doesn't. And last, I looked, um, Woolies didn't. But I, I'm sorry, Woolies, if, uh, if you've corrected that, because I've been wanting, uh, um, I've been calling for it for years. Yeah. Um, I will. I will definitely correct that as soon as I can on this show. Yeah. If that's uh, if I'm wrong there. This, but, I'd like to check that. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm popping there on the way home this afternoon, Wendy, so I'll, I'll take a close look at the shelf. Justice's comment is at pick and pay, it even goes as far as indicating the cost per individual egg in a box. And the comment oh, is okay. that for those counting pennies, well, it's well, a really, it's well a feature done. worth well, using. Introduce it. I'm surprised they didn't send me a personal press release. No, no this is pick and pay he's oh, talking pick about. And pay. Yeah, okay. So, okay. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I do have to laugh at the comment that with the shrinkage of sizes at this rate the checkers mini shoppers will be the actual size of the grocery goods I've said it a few times this is Cape Talk so thank you. Um, I'm sorry we haven't had time to reflect all of the, the packaging and recycling questions and comments that have come through, but really appreciate the engagement that you've had with us today. I want to just leave you with Wendy's details. If you're wanting to raise a, a consumer issue with her for investigation, Wendy, just remind us how to do so, please. Wendy, oh, it's wrong. No, wrong? <laughs> Start again. <laughs> I have a number of email addresses. Consumer at NOLA, K-N-O-W-L-E-R dot C-O dot Z-A consumer at nola.co.za please remember to put Cape Talk in the subject line and please remember to put all of the relevant information in that first email you send her don't send it in six or seven separate cover emails, it's impossible to keep track of everything in a single email please to that address uh, consumer at nola.co.za Wendy, we'll chat again next week Will do, thanks Pippa